Helping Children Smile Again After Loss and Change podcast. I'm Amanda Sederhelm and I'm your host. The way children grieve will, to some extent, be determined by their attachment style. Research completed by Dr. Colin Murray-Parks shows us that the attachment style and vulnerability that is evident in childhood continues into adult life and may have an impact on the way we react to losses such as bereavements in adult life. So how our attachments develop in childhood can influence how far we can trust ourselves and the other people in our life. And crucially, our attachment style may affect our ability to form coping strategies when an important close relationship is lost. And of course, we know that loss is a wide um, subject and can include the loss of a home, the loss of pets, the loss of routines. Now, Dr. Parks studied um, a sample of 278 individuals who were referred to him by a general physician, um, often showing uh, with loss-related problems. And his work discusses four attachment styles, and I'm going to describe each one of these for you here. So the first one is secure attachment. Uh, Those whose parents provided security grow up trusting themselves and other people, which enables them to be able to tolerate separations without suffering high anxiety. Now, although they may struggle with unexpected losses, they may cope well with the changes the losses bring and use these to discover new meaning. The second is anxious ambivalent. So those whose parents were anxious, overprotective, and perhaps or sensitive or insensitive to meeting uh, their child's need for independence tend to grow up being anxious themselves with low self-confidence and with a tendency to cling to their parents. They tend to struggle with separating uh, from their parents and their relationships in adult life may contain a lot of conflict. Now, what we can see is that after a bereavement, their anxiety dominates their behavior and they may cling to those trying to support them. Now, children with this attachment style, the anxious ambivalent style, may show a tendency to form dependent relationships, which teachers need to be aware of. The third style is avoidant. Those whose parents were intolerant of intimacy and of expressing emotion, they learned to be inhibited from emotional displays and to be independent from an early age. They may become intolerant of intimacy, which can complicate their adult relationships. And what we see is that following a bereavement, they tend to be inhibited in their grief which may then show up in distorted ways. They're often very hard on themselves for their 
inability to express their feelings and may respond positively to a relationship which allows them to be expressive. And the fourth style is called disorganized attachment. Those whose parents' emotional needs made it impossible for them to respond consistently to their child's needs may grow up feeling helpless about their own needs and distrusting themselves and others. And bereavement can panic them and also give them a chance to discover that not everyone will let them down. Now, teachers play a crucial role here um, because they can provide children with the secure base that makes them feel safe enough to face the struggles associated with loss and change that can make them feel um, very unsafe. Now, for me, this is the, the guts of understanding how to help children cope with loss, grief and change, understanding that attachment is a central uh, grieving issue. So step one is to learn to recognise a child's attachment style so that you understand them when they are grieving, because it helps you to know what they need and why they need it. You'll understand their behaviour, you'll understand the signals, the code sometimes, and you'll learn to decode that. Step number two, if a child doesn't have a secure attachment, what that means is that the loss they experience will trigger other endings they've experienced, which may not have been handled in the context of a secure relationship. So it's important to recognise that if this is the case, it can complicate grieving and the grieving process for children. Um, because each loss that a child suffers, whether it's through um, the death of, a, of a, a close loved one or whether it's the loss of family security through divorce or whether it's the loss through being homeless, um, whether it's the loss of being unable to go to school at the moment, as this is being recorded during our second lockdown. Each loss represents an ending for a child and is therefore a reminder and a trigger of those other complicated endings. So each time the child experiences a loss, they are then triggered back to the, the other losses that they have experienced. So when you're assessing children who've experienced loss, always be aware of not just the immediate context, but the context that surrounds them. Because it may be that there are other losses that have occurred in their life before you knew them that you need to look at and help them to process. And that may or may not um, be, have, be within your range at that time. But it's important to bring that all together at the appropriate moment, obviously, so that you can make sense of it in the first instance and then at the appropriate moment, help 
for the child to make sense of it as well. So I will be covering the different types of support that you can offer in the classroom um, to children who are bereaved. And I'll be doing this in the next few podcasts. So be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss these. And until then, I will leave you with this quote, one of my favourites by Linda Goldman, who says, we are powerless to control the losses and catastrophic events our children need to experience. But by honouring their inner wisdom, providing mentors and creating safe spaces for expression, we can empower them to become more capable, more caring human beings. Thanks for joining me.